Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Thanks for joining me today on this podcast. I'm recording it again in the early hours of the morning. My mind is on some things that um, happened yesterday. And so I just thought, you know, I'm going to go and make a podcast recording and share some of my thoughts. Um, One thing I do want to share with you is I realized that I might be sharing a lot of stories, but um, that's how I feel like I'm able to connect the dots spiritually in my life through different stories and situations that people share with me and obviously from the scriptures. And so today I want to share with you how this particular podcast came about. Um, Yesterday, my 13-year-old daughter Paige and I went on a walk slash scooter ride together and we were heading down the road together and she said started asking me about high school and about my friends and I all of a sudden began to share this story with her and when I got done sharing the story with her, it hit me that I needed to make a podcast about this story and share with all of you um, the importance of each of us and the importance of the one. So I'll share the story with you and then there's some other little stories I want to share and some scriptures. But when I was in um, eighth grade, it was the start of my eighth grade year. I had a situation happen. So I had had this group of friends and when I decided to, you know, at the age of 13, change my life and come closer to God, I noticed that I began to distance myself a little bit from this group of friends. And it wasn't that they were bad. It was just that their choices were changing and they were things that I really didn't want to participate in. And heading into my eighth grade year, I had kind of made a conscious decision that I was going to choose to um, not participate in some of the things that were happening. Well, one of these particular friends had really confided in me um, through the last, the previous years in school in sixth grade and seventh grade about her home life and about the um, abuse that was happening from her father. And so, um, I was torn in that I cared a lot about her and I didn't want her to feel like I didn't want to hear anymore, but I just, you know, in my mind as a 14 year old, I really didn't know what to do. So anyway, I had kind of, like I said, distanced myself from her and some of the other girls and, One day, I was getting prepared to go to a youth conference, which is, if you know, if you're not familiar with it, it's just a huge um, event for youth ages 12 to 18 who gather together and have activities and have a dance and eat and talk about spiritual things and go to classes and listen to music 
and just have, you know, a connection, um, and learn about the savior. So I was so excited about this youth conference. You know, I was super excited about the dance and I just couldn't wait to go. Well, my phone rang and this phone call happened to be this one friend I'm telling you about that had shared with me the abuse that she'd been experiencing from her father over the last several years. And I, she could hardly speak. Um, she was asking me to come and get her. She told me that her father was going to beat her and she'd ran out of the house and she had gone down the street and that I needed to come and get her. Well, you know, at that time we didn't have cell phones, right? I had a landline. I didn't have a GPS. I didn't know where she was and I was in a panic. And so I knew that I had been trying to detach myself and I knew I wanted to go to youth conference. And so my mind was wondering, what do I do? But I also felt in my heart that I could sense from her voice that this was an urgent situation and I needed to help her. So I realized my mom wasn't home and my brother wasn't home with his car and my dad wasn't home. And so I got off the phone with her and I hurried across the street to my neighbor. His name was Mike. We called him Grizzly because he looked like Grizzly Adams. But anyway, his name was Mike. And I knocked on his door and I um, told him that I needed his help. And I told him that my friend had called me and was in a bad situation. And I wondered if he could drive me in his car and we could go find her. And so he was very kind neighbor. Mike was very kind and he said, you bet. And so he had an El Camino and we jumped in his El Camino and I started driving towards this friend's house because I knew she had gone barefoot and ran out. So I knew that I could probably find her somehow. Um, as we drove closer to her location. Well, sure enough, somehow, um, either the neighbor signaled me that the, the house she ran into, or I'm not sure if she ran out to the driveway, but uh, Mike and I pulled into a driveway of a home and she jumped in Mike's car and she hid under the dashboard of the car. And I just felt sick. I could see that she was in dire need and I felt pretty helpless as a 14 year old. And Mike drove us back to um, my home and she ran in my house and ran back into a bedroom and hid. And I just felt like, what do I do? How do I help? And I also, sadly, I'm embarrassed to even admit it, but I really wanted to go to youth conference and I was very torn and yet I could tell that she was just suffering. And so, thank heavens, my mom came home and she told me that she would take care of everything. And while we were waiting and I was preparing to go, this friend of mine's father came and knocked on my door and said, hey, you know, 
so-and-so ran away because she was upset and I'm just looking for her and I was thinking maybe she might come to your place and anyway you know we had told him no she's not here and I know that you know lying is not good but we needed to protect her but in the end we were able to help her and get her a safe um, place to live which she did for four years she lived with me and my family um, through the foster care system and I after I told Paige this story um, I began to think about how much Heavenly Father loves each of us and how much he cares about the one and how he needed me to be an instrument in the hands of rescuing her that day even though I was young and you know probably not being the best person to be a friend at that time um, because I was still trying to figure things out myself he needed me and he knew where she was and he provided a way for me to get to her and rescue her from the suffering that she was going through um, in Doctrine and Covenants 18 it says for behold remember well verse 10 says remember the worth of souls is great in the sight of God for behold the Lord your Redeemer suffered death in the flesh wherefore he suffered the pains of all men that all men might repent and come unto him and so I wanted to share with you a few more stories uh, of the one I've been able to over the years serve as a president of the auxiliaries in the church and one thing I can really promise you is that it really is about the one you know I can't tell you how many times I felt impressed as I served as a stake relief society president and a stake young women's president where I felt that I was to go to a certain um, ward meeting and um, when I would attend that meeting I would go to relief society and there would be a woman that I would feel that I needed to sit by or as I was walking into the building there would be a woman in the hallway and or I would finish the meeting and there would be a woman that needed someone to listen to her or talk to her or validate her and it happened all the time I can't even count on my hand the number of times that there was just someone that needed somebody and I hoped, you know, that I was able to provide that for these women throughout the years. Um, another thing that happened, and, you know, uh, I pulled out this card that I got I um, one night. So I wrote this in my journal, and I just wanted to share it with you. When Carter's MTC companion died... After five days at the MTC, I cried for a full day and a half the next day. My heart was aching for Carter and the elders' family. 
I felt despair and anxiety. All of a sudden, on a rainy, cold night, a sister from my ward knocked on my door. She had two loaves of homemade bread and this card. This woman had had a heart attack and strokes. I couldn't believe that she was at my house. Then I read the card. My thoughts turned to my grandma, Morrison, who has been watching over me for years. Also, the front picture of this card is a picture of the Salt Lake City Temple where my parents were sealed for time and all eternity. And I realized the tender mercies of Heavenly Father caring for me as the one. So on the front of this card is a picture of the Salt Lake City Temple. And inside the card, this sister wrote me a note. And she said, remember your ancestors like your grandma. And, you know, what she didn't know was that my grandma used to bake. Um, I can't remember. My dad's told me many times, but I think on the weekends, um, my grandma... I, I mean, I can't remember if it was every weekend or every other weekend, but my grandma loved to bake and she would make bread. And so growing up, occasionally our, my dad would make homemade bread, which was absolutely delicious. And so when this sister showed up on my porch and gave me two loaves of bread, she didn't have any clue that I was suffering because of what our son had gone through and what I knew the family of this elder who had died was going through. And so I just felt like Heavenly Father was reminding me that I, as one, was very important to him and that he loved me and that I wasn't alone. And I will never forget that tender mercy. Um, Also, I remember get asking, being asked to give a talk um, in church one, a few years back. And this talk, the guidance and revelation that I received through the Spirit was very clear to me what this talk was to be about. And I have to tell you, it was a very simple, um, very simple talk. And it was basically the basics. Um, you know, we talked, I, the talk was about the first vision and about our heavenly father and our savior. And I thought, okay, heavenly father, um, whatever you want me to do, I'll do this. And it's great. And I'm not sure what's going on, but there's obviously something that I need to address or share for somebody in that congregation. And as the days grew closer for me to give this talk, I felt even more impressed that this talk was for literally one person. Um, Now, others might have gleaned something from it, but this talk was intended for literally one person in that congregation. Well, I finished the talk and I went home after our meetings. And when I got home, I got a text from a mother of a son. And she said to me, I want you to know that that talk was meant for my son. And she said that he had come there seeking to find answers because he wanted to have a testimony. 
and he was in his late teens and he had been struggling and that after my talk, he told his mother that he had received his answer. Now, I don't know what part of that talk, I don't have any idea, but I do know that Heavenly Father is so aware of the one. And um, in 3 Nephi, one of my favorite scriptures is in chapter 11, so 3 Nephi in the Book of Mormon, and it talks about when the Savior um, appears to the people, shows himself unto them. It says that he said to them, he spake unto them and said, and I'm in verse 13, 14, 15, arise and come forth unto me that ye may thrust your hands in my side and also that ye may feel the prints of the nails in my hands and in my feet that ye may know that I am the God of Israel and the God of the whole earth and have been slain for the sins of the world. And it came to pass that the multitude went forth and thrust their hands into his side and to feel the prints of the nails in his hands and in his feet. And this they did do, going forth one by one, until they had all gone forth, and did see with their eyes, and did feel with their hands, and did know of a surety, and did bear record that it was he, of whom it was written by the prophets, that should come. What I love about that verse is that they went one by one. And so they had an individual experience with the Savior and knew that it was He. And I feel that's why we have these experiences on this earth of the one, of reaching out to the one, of helping the one, so that that person and ourselves can come to know the Savior. Um, in Luke 15, there's these three parables. And I have always um, enjoyed parables. And one time during a Sunday lesson, we focused on these parables. And I just thought they're so applicable today with the one. So Luke 15 in the New Testament, the first parable, so the Savior is um, with the scribes and the Pharisees. And he starts with this parable of a um, hundred sheep. So he says, what man of you having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and family saying unto them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Now, we all need to be repenting daily. You know, repentance is a fresh view of God, a change, um, a fresh view of the world. It's a, a turning. And, you know, when he, even though this is about people, those that might be lost or gone astray, aren't we all sinners? Don't we all need help? And isn't that, you know, going and helping the one, the beautiful work of being on this earth as God's children? 
Okay, the second parable is um, Luke 15, verses 8 through 10. And this is the parable of the piece of silver. So here we go. Either what woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together rejoicing say, re, together saying rejoice with me for i have found the peace which i had lost likewise i say unto you there is joy in the presence of the angels of god over one sinner that repenteth now again i know that these parables are talking about the lost you know the lost ones or the sinner but I really believe that we are in constant need of changing and turning our hearts and repenting daily and drawing more on the love of the Savior. Um, and, you know, when it talks about in both of these parables, joy, the joy that they felt, isn't that, you know, how we feel when we can touch the one even if we don't know that we are like the sister that came to my house didn't know that I was hurting she didn't know that I was the one but oh the joy I could see in her face as she handed me those two loaves of bread okay and then the last parable of this particular chapter chapter in Luke is the um, parable of the prodigal son so uh, in verse 11 it says and he And he said, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divideth unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto my father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. So he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet afar a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robes, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this son, this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and said, What these things meant? And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, 
because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry, and would not go in. Therefore came his father out, and entreated him. And he, answering, said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, and yet thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for thy, this thy brother was dead, and is alive again, and was lost, and is found. You know, the father understood the purpose and the importance of the one. And I'm sure the older, the son, the other son came to that understanding or even did then, but was just having a moment. But I'm so thankful for the love that Heavenly Father provides through us through another. And that he does help us through spiritual insights and revelation to go out and help the one help those that are in need help his lost sheep help the struggling mother the struggling friend um i in closing i of this particular podcast um my friend and i we took a trip to arizona um a little over a year ago and we decided to go up to Sedona and to hike up to this beautiful church on the hill and it was quite a climb um, there happened to be a couple women trying to push their friend in a wheelchair up this hill to this um, beautiful church on the hill that it's it's in carved into the the rock and um, I, my friend and I, we decided that we would hurry and run down this little ramp and push this woman in the wheelchair, give her friend, friends a break and push her up. And so that's what we did. We went and we pushed the one, the woman in the wheelchair up and it wasn't very far. It was just a little ways, but the, um, the women that were were receiving a break from us. I remember I didn't even know her. I've never met her in my life, but she kissed me on the cheek and she said, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't know how we were going to do it. And I was very touched by that because here we were two human beings that never had met before, but I saw her suffering and I wanted to help the woman that wanted to come and see this beautiful piece of art and yet I also wanted to help these other women. And I know that Heavenly Father will show us what we can do to help his children because he loves all of us. And even in the word atonement, it's at one with Christ and becoming one with Christ. And so as you go, maybe take some time to write down different experiences you've had where you have been able to 
see the hand of the Lord in your life through service from another to you or when you've been able to see the one and reach out and help them. Thanks for listening. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.